your weaknesses do not exist. So you panic. Your weaknesses do not exist. So then you can feel triggered to figure out how to preserve your own life. Your weaknesses exist for the glory of God, for the things that concern God, and for him to have an even more intimate relationship with you. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 126 of the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I am your host, Emmanuel Heke. It's an amazing, beautiful December day. And I know that December day may not look, you know, aesthetically beautiful for a lot of people around the nation and around the world. But nevertheless, it's a beautiful day because the Lord hath made it. And thank you guys for tuning in once again. I appreciate it, man. Let's let's get to it, man. Let's get to it. A um, couple announcements before we get started. I'm trying to keep this quick because I feel like we got a lot to cover today. Of course, the Unassociated Poetry Jam number four is coming up in January 29th. Um, you can buy your tickets at www.un-associated.com slash tupj4 um, and or you can just go straight to the event like bring event rights link there you go i don't even got the, the invisalign in today but i'm still messing up words um, yeah man like i'm gonna talk about this every day i'm gonna flood you with it every day because it's very important and i want to see you there you are listening to this i want to see you there please 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 I want to see you there. Um, and I actually had a meeting with uh, some of the performers um, this past weekend. And I'm very excited, y'all. I'm going to stay like that. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to talk your ears off. But we are still accepting a couple um, auditions because a couple slots opened up. So um, please, uh, you know, consider that. And secondly, real quick, yo, please, you know, we're, we're really going to try and build our YouTube better next year. Um, so if you're one of the people who watch our shows, um, instead of, um, listening to it, you know, please. And even if you're listening to it, if you can, please go like, and subscribe, um, just to our YouTube so we can build that YouTube and, you know, um, it really helps our videos to be seen by more people as well. So if you can just take out the time to like, and subscribe this video, I would really appreciate that. Um, and for those of you guys, you know, on our YouTube community, I must say it's not, it's not too much of us, but the YouTube community is there. Um, you guys could have told me that my lips was trapped like the past three episodes. I don't know why you guys didn't. Not not in the comments, but you guys could have like DM'd me and told me that. So I'm gonna try and make sure that that's not the case anymore. Um, but let's move forward. All right, we got some stuff to talk about today. All right. Um, this this episode we're gonna talk about weaknesses again. We talked about weaknesses two weeks ago. I please episode 124. Um, and I feel like this episode, uh, we're going to kind of combine the last couple episodes. In episode 124, we talked about how the weaknesses exist in our lives for a reason. And um, the main topic was to humble us, to keep us you know, from being conceited like the thorns um, did to Paul, right? Um, and if that makes no sense to you, maybe you should go back and watch episode 124. But Paul talked about how there was this persisting issue in his life that God allowed to, you know, continue to exist. Um, and it was ultimately because of uh, a couple of reasons that's lined out there, I believe. One um, was so he didn't get conceited, didn't get prideful. And the other one is what we're going to talk about today. Um, and we're going to talk about how the weaknesses, weaknesses and the shortcomings in our lives are really a platform for God's glory. 
Um, and we're going to go deep with that, man. I, I will tell you this, you know, if I can just say that the weaknesses, the limits that we have in our lives are there for a reason. And, it, and the reason is not to stress you out. The reason is not to frustrate you. The reason is not for you to be insecure, be insecure about your worth and your identity. The reason why a lot of the weaknesses and the um, shortcomings and limits exist in each and every last one of us in mankind is for fulfilling our purpose. All of those things, if they continue to persist, it could be because they have an actual role in us fulfilling our purpose for existing. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's why we have the next 20 some odd minutes to talk about it, all right? Ultimately, I'm gonna say this. The weaknesses and the limits in our lives exist for two reasons. One is for us to enter into a new level of intimacy with God. This builds our relationship with God, our dependency, our dependency on the Father. And then the other reason is ultimately for his glory to shine through us. Now, the first question you might get is, all right, you know, how exactly is, you know, our, his glory going to shine through us? Well, his glory shines through us because when we are weak, God's power is the one that's going to help us to accomplish something. You know, there's a reason why the story of David and Goliath is something that we remember and something as we see as a testament to the goodness and the power of God, because David, to our from our perspective, was too weak to defeat Goliath. He was a shepherd boy. There's a reason why. You know, we we hear about the story of Gideon and the 300 defeating the Midianites because the, the Midianites, they were too little. They were too weak. They didn't have enough manpower. But God's power is shown through that by, you know, them accomplishing defeating the Midianites. And there's many stories. I mean, the, the Bible is filled with stories like this, right? That's how God gets glory through our weaknesses, through our limits, through our disadvantages, our shortcomings. And you might ask, why on earth? Did God make us to depend to be dependent on him? Why do we have to have this dependency on the father? And to answer that question, I will ask you another question. Why were you created in the first place? If we're going to talk about creation, I think we should go to Genesis chapter one, of course. Starting at verse 27, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plants on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruits with seed in it. They will be yours for food. Verse 30. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. So a couple of things are revealed to us in Genesis chapter one it says that we were made in his image, that we were told to fill the earth and he has given us resources to survive and creatures to have dominion over. So it's safe to say that the reason why we were created was to be God's image bearers. To fill the earth with his image and to represent his rule on earth. Our purpose of or the purpose behind us being created was not for us to be other gods, self-sufficient in ourselves. God didn't create other gods. God created stewards. God created representation. God created children. With the purpose of not being self-sufficient, with the purpose of through him 
ruling through him, his glory being shown throughout the entire earth. We weren't made for ourselves. And this is how we're talking about things that happened, things that were before Adam and Eve sinned. He gave them the fish. He gave them the seeds and so on. They were still dependent on the father. Our existence, the reason why God created us was not for us to be self-sufficient and just create gods, other gods. It was to create children, stewards, representation here on earth. And the way I like to explain it is that God is a manufacturer. Like when a manufacturer factored, manufactured this like a fan. You have a manufacturer, he manufactures a fan, and with that fan comes a cord, and you're supposed to plug that cord into the wall, and it's when you plug that cord into the wall that that fan is able to function as the manufacturer intended. That fan is a fan because the manufacturer made it that way. The fan works when it's plugged into the source because that's how the manufacturer made it that way. It's just like God has made you. He has made you a certain way. And he made you with the cord as well. God has made mankind with a cord. And when plugged into God, we are able to function as we ought to and point back to him as his image bearers. And I will say, if I can steal from that analogy and try to expand a little bit, I think that that cord is our weaknesses, our limitations. That's what I think it is. But when... You know, when when we don't plug into the father, our weaknesses, our limitations are a spectacle. This is why you don't work. This is why you're not good enough. This is why you're to this or you're to that. But when we, our weaknesses and our limits are plugged into the source, plugged into the father, we see the father's power through our weaknesses. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. These limits, these shortcomings, these weaknesses... When they're plugged into the Father, we see the glory of the Father. Our weaknesses are a platform for the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, we read um, a couple episodes back when Apostle Paul was talking about um, um, his weaknesses. It says, but he said to me, this is Apostle Paul, he's about to quote God, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest upon me. We can boast about our weaknesses, ladies and gentlemen, but a lot of us, we don't boast about our weaknesses. No, we don't perceive our weaknesses as things that exist and our limits as things that exist to draw us closer to God. To make our relationship more intimate. For his glory to be sh shown through it. No. Instead, we perceive our weaknesses incorrectly. And I will tell you right now, your misconceptions about your weaknesses can lead you to a life of rebellion, can lead you to a life of sin. Because on the foundation of the insecurities that are formed from our weaknesses and our limits, our fleshly, our fleshly desires, they stand tall. For a couple episodes now, I've been talking about how um, my professor said that all of our fleshly desires root down to self-preservation and self-exaltation. We either try to preserve ourselves or we try to exalt ourselves. And when these are our number one motives in life, you will inevitably be living a life that is rebellious towards God. 
We want to preserve ourselves. We want security. We want to exalt ourselves. We want validation. But let's talk. Let's start with self-preservation. Let's start with security. We want security. We want to know what's going to happen next. Humans can't tell the future, though, ladies and gentlemen, in case, you know, that wasn't already obvious. Not knowing the future has been the cause of pretty much every anxiety and fear that you've ever had in your life. Right. We can't tell the future. You know who can tell the future? God can tell the future. We have that limit, but God doesn't have that limit. We hate that we have that limit. And don't get me wrong. You gave God a chance, right? You went to God and you asked him, all right, what's going to happen next? All right, well, what what decision, where, where am I going to end up? And God didn't tell you that because he kept secrets and he keeps secrets sometimes. And instead of telling you what was going to happen next, what God did is he told you that, you know what, just trust in me. Let's have this intimate relationship. Hold my hand and everything's going to be okay at the end of the day. And you said, mm -mm, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for us. We have to know what happens next. We need to know if we're getting this job or we're getting this promotion. We, didn't, we need to know if this person we really like is ever going to like us back. We need to know what decision we need to make in order to make us rich today and tomorrow and the day after that. So then when God doesn't tell us these things, oh, well, you know, we're going to find other ways because we are more concerned with getting rid of these weaknesses, getting rid of any insecurity than we are our relationship with the father, than we are his glory being shown through our insecurities. So some of us, in order to get rid of the weaknesses that we hate so much, we find other ways. God doesn't want to tell us the future. Oh, well, guess what? I am going to seek to know the future through astrology or God doesn't want to tell me a future. Okay, well, I'm going to seek to control the future with witchcraft and spells. I know this sounds like some medieval type stuff, but this is something that's very, very relevant and thriving in 2021 and even going into 2022. There's a lot of us. We, you know, we don't, we don't realize some of us don't even realize it, but we are relying on these things in order to find security in life. I need to know what my destiny is right now because I'm scared about what's going to happen next. And a lot of things in my life do not look good right now. So I need some security. What do the stars say? I need I need to know that, you know, I need to have control over what happens next. So I'm going to cast spells. And so there are people that do this today. And maybe you've been someone who does that right now or someone that's done that before. But thank God that you're listening to this, man. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9. What does God think about these things? Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 is God speaking to the children of Israel before they enter into the promised land. It says, when you enter into the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let not one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery. Divination is what is referring to um, trying to tell the future through supernatural means. Interprets omen, omens, um, engages in witchcraft or casts spells or who is media or who is a medium or spiritist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does this, uh, who does these things is detestable to the Lord. 
Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before out before your before the Lord your God. And God was hearing reading and saying this word in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll give you another one, Isaiah 47, starting at verse 13. Um, and this is God pretty much rebuking uh Babylonian Empire because Babylonian Empire relied heavily on astrology in order to tell them things, I guess. Um, starting at verse 13, all the counsel you have received has only worn you out. Talking to Babylon. Let your astrologers come forward, those stargazers who make predictions month by month. Let them save you from what is coming upon you. Surely they are like stubble. The fire will burn them up. They cannot even save themselves from the power of the flame. There are not coals for they are not coals for warmth. This is not a fire to sit by. That's deep. A lot of us, we don't like the fact that we can't tell the future. So we try to find other ways in order to tell the future so we can feel secure. So we can feel like our life is being preserved. We're more concerned about pre preserving our life and getting rid of our weaknesses than we are concerned with God's um, glory being shown through our weaknesses and us trusting in him for what will happen next. And it leads us to a life of rebellion. And maybe you're not the astrologer and maybe you're not the witchcraft or the witch or the wizard and the wizards of Waverly Place. But maybe you are the person who, for security purposes and self-preservation purposes, you're not going to do all that other stuff, but. You are going to stay on the seashore. You are going to stay where it feels safe, even though God is calling you out into the deep. Mm, now I got you. <laughs> we stay where we know what's going to happen next. We stay where we feel safe. We stay where we feel secure and comfortable, all in an effort to preserve our lives. And in that, in doing that, we are living a life of rebellion towards God. Yes, you do not know the future. And I understand how that can be very uncomfortable. But this limit, this human limit of not you of not knowing the future should be our reason to draw closer to God, to plug this weakness's cord into the source, like you plug a fan into the socket. And let God's glory be shown through your life. As you are walking and you do not know where you are going, you are walking by faith and you are trusting in the Father and others will see you trusting in the Father and see the fruits of the Spirit in your life. And they will see things come about. You, being a weak person that cannot tell the future, they will see things come about and know that, wow, this is only God that could have done something like this in that person's life. That's what God wants. Not you just figuring everything out that's going to happen next and walking without faith. When your number one concern is to preserve your own life, you will inevitably rebel against God. Matthew chapter 16, starting at verse 21, Jesus is speaking. It says, in verse 21, it says, For that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Peter started trying to rebuke Jesus. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Verse 23, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. 
you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. That can be a whole lesson preached on that right there. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Your weaknesses do not exist. So you panic. Your weaknesses do not exist. So then you can feel triggered to figure out how to preserve your own life. Your weaknesses exist for the glory of God, for the things that concern God. And for him to have an even more intimate relationship with you. There are some of us, we see our weaknesses. And they make us want to, um, you know, get rid of them. So then we're not defined by our weaknesses, right? We make us want to get rid of our weaknesses. So then, so then we can be exalted in some type of way, right? And then we seek this validation from other people. Remember, the, the goal of it was to point us to God. Live a life, give God a platform to show his power, but instead we want to get rid of our weaknesses in order to feel higher. We seek to be validated by others. We try to be like others by conforming. We try to please others and we try to be praised by others. For those that want to be like others by conforming, Need I remind you that Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the, if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You're trying so hard to be liked by everybody that you try to do whatever they do and look like them and talk like them and be like them. And you are the salt that is losing its flavor. You were literally put on this planet. And God has been using you to set you apart. He's using you. There needs to be a discrepancy between the holy and the unholy, the blameless and the unblameless, the child of God and the child of the devil. There needs to be a difference in our behavior. There needs to be a difference in the things we say and things we do and the things we talk about. Kendra said it on her last episode. There should be a difference. And this difference is not for us to be better than anyone, but this, this, this difference needs to be there so that we can exhibit the invisible traits of God and draw men and women onto him. Amidst you trying to validate yourself by being like every other sinner, you're even hurting them. By, by, by keeping more more evidence of God's glory away from them. For those of us that are trying to please others. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, Apostle Paul writes, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Apostle Paul was writing this because there were false teachers talking about A, B, and C, just messing up the gospel. And he was saying, like, look, I'm going to tell you the gospel straight because I'm not here to please nobody. I am a servant of the Lord. Apostle Paul realized that amidst trying to please people, we inevitably cannot be servants of God. Because being a servant of God means that you're going to make people upset, means that you're going to make people uncomfortable, means that you're going to offend people. And no, this is not justification for the jerks out there. But this is 
talking about the reality of what it means to be a child of God and how you cannot live a life trying to validate yourself with every crowd and also try to be a servant of the Lord. It will not mix. It will not happen. It can't happen. At some point, you're going to have to choose one. At some point, you're going to have to compromise something. And God is not looking for compromise. Those of us that try to be praised by others in order to be validated, it really comes down to an issue of pride. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories, if you're going to glory, glory in this, that he understands and knows me. He understands and knows God. That I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. We all have weaknesses, ladies and gentlemen. We all have limits. These things do not continue to persist just because. Will you allow God to use your weaknesses and your limits as a human being as a platform? Because he has a plan. <laughs> he just wants a platform. <laughs> but he has a plan. You know? Will you allow him to use your weaknesses as a platform or are you going to just devote your entire life to hiding or getting rid of all your weaknesses by trying to find validation with other people and trying to figure out what's going to happen next in your life? And that's where all your energy goes. If you're going to boast in something, boast about how weak you are. Because you can be weak now, but God's strength will be perfected in your weakness and his power will be shown through your life. And when you are plugged into him, that is when we are able to function truly as his image bearers, as his representation, as his children. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for this word. And I just pray that it really, really, you help people to understand it. Help people to understand it, for real. Um, let it really seep into our hearts and our minds, God, and help us to move forward, no longer being captivated and paralyzed when we acknowledge our weaknesses and limits, but seeing them as a reason to draw closer and closer and closer to you. No panicking, just drawing closer to you. And then we get to sit there and spectate and look how you are going to use those weaknesses for your own glory. Oh, thank you for allowing us to be a part of the process. Thank you for allowing us to have purpose and identity. And Father, help us to walk in that purpose and identity. So many distractions, so many distractions. We're going to stop this episode and we're going to get a distraction right away. But Father, help us to keep our eyes on you, just like, well, I guess Peter didn't, but <laughs> help us to keep our eyes on you so we don't sink. Um, and truly, and I mean this, let your name be glorified in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. And please don't forget to show up on january 29th for an amazing amazing experience in person yes love y'all peace